0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 293, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 29th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 293, as we continue our March to 300. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our weekly reviews episode for the comics that came out the week of Wednesday, July 29th, recording this on Friday, July 31st. I'm recording it uh, a little bit earlier than normal, and surprisingly enough, I know this will shock longtime time listeners, I actually have read most of the comics that seem to have come out this week. I think I've read 15 releases, and it's only Friday. Amazing! Um, so the main reason for that, though, is in Canada, we're or well, at least in Ontario, Canada, we're about to celebrate our uh, Civic Holiday, or Simcoe Day, uh, which means it's a Monday off, which means it's a nice long weekend, which means not a lot of time to read and record podcasts. So instead, I'm getting it out, uh, out of the way before the weekend even starts. Um, we do have a little bit of limited time today, so it's going to be a little bit quick like normal. I was about to say a little quicker than normal, and I realized, eh. It's usually a pretty quick podcast these days. Uh, so let's just jump right in, why don't we? First up, we have Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, number two. I'm so surprised by how much I'm enjoying this. Now, obviously, it's kind of getting by on combining two kind of marquee names, but really, it's about the kind of the Badlands where you have, you know, the zombies versus the mindless Ultron hordes. Um, and kind of seeing what's going on as a result. It's actually a really engaging and interesting story, though, because of the characters they've been able to use. So we start off seeing um, a bit of warfare between um, uh, the zombies and the Ultrons trying to come to some sort of truce, as it would be. And then we also see uh, the version of Hank Pym that we were introduced introduced to in the first issue, uh, who's from a different time period, who's kind of very early um, tinkerings with kind of a, a type of robotic man, Uh, and he's coming face-to-face with um, uh, the original Jim Hammond Human Torch, the Vision, and Wonder Man, and this kind of haven they've built. Um, Yeah, this is really interesting. And it's not a surprise in some ways that we're seeing uh, this version of uh, Jim Hammond utilized because uh, Steve Pugh and uh, James Robinson recently used the character in their All-New Invaders, so it's kind of a nice bit of continuity for the creators to be uh, using these characters again. In fact, even... um, uh, he, Jim Hammond's girlfriend is basically, I, unless I'm completely incorrect, is the same person he was kind of getting to know back in the um, the main book. And by main book, I mean All New invaders. Um This is a really fun issue. We got some nice bit of exposition as kind of get a sense of where these characters were prior to meeting up with this version of Hank Pym and creating their own little citadel. I like the idea that Magneto is is kind of the leader of these zombies at the moment. I'm curious as to how that actually happened, but it's cool. Uh, Seeing them kind of strike up a deal, even cooler. Um, I really dug this. It's strong. So many of these books are so much stronger than I think anyone would have expected. Uh, They're solid stories uh, and these kind of weird, crazy what-ifs. Uh, or in some cases not even what if but just weird kind of crazy concepts and they just kind of say go and they you know, somehow are are all pretty interesting and I think that's a testament to the fact that they give them kind of a vital place to play and they just let the creators go rampant with these cool concepts Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 Uh, next up is probably the issue of Batgirl I most enjoyed um, since the kind of soft relaunch as it were uh, this is written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher with Babs Tarr on art. Um, what I think I liked about it is that we had less of Barbara Gordon as a person. And that that sounds wrong, but in her secret identity of Barbara Gordon, I'm less interested with how they've been portraying her. Whereas in, as Batgirl, I realized I have less of an issue with how they've been portraying her when she's in the suit and acting as Batgirl. Um, seeing her kind of struggling with the fact that she knows that James Gordon father is the new Batman was a really cool kind of um, element to deal with as well and kind of seeing how they're kind of dealing with that and I'm glad that they weren't shy about introducing the new Batman to the Batgirl book so we got to see how she's dealing with knowing this big secret especially given her own kind of life as Batgirl. It does strain credibility a little that he hasn't figured it out. I always kind of liked the old school idea that he kind of knew but just turned a blind eye but now if he did know at all, he, he would have said something. Um, but, for the most part, this I found was an enjoyable issue as a, a kind of a team-up between Batgirl and Batman, um, going up against Livewire. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. The art's still not quite to my style, but I think it grew on me a little bit more in this issue. Uh, next up is Batgirl Annual. Uh, this is uh, the third annual, uh, so you get a double dose of Batgirl, which I feel like is a kind of not the best planning. Like I feel like they could have done better in that way uh, to spread spread them out a little. Um, it's written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher with different art by uh, Ben Gull. That's pages 1 to 18. And David Lafuente, that's pages 19 to 23. Ming Doyle does pages 24 to 29. ming Ji Helen Chen, does pages 30 to 36. Um, so there's different kind of sensibilities in terms of the art. Um, I really enjoyed this. This is a kind of a cool team-up, kind of, between the cast of Grayson and and Batgirl as they kind of end up going up against very similar uh, they end up going up against the same target basically and they kind of end up having a team up you also have various different characters showing up you have Spoiler showing up and this is kind of what I liked is that you have these segments where she's kind of dealing with Dick Grayson but not Dick Grayson because she doesn't know it's him you also have her dealing with Spoiler and seeing a little bit more of Spoiler's current status quo then you have uh, Batgirl running afoul of Batwoman and you get more of a sense of where Batwoman is as a person right now um before eventually switching back to her meeting the Gotham Academy people and is switching artistic styles again um, I thought it was really cool that you're having this kind of multi-layered uh, annual where it's like four different stories each with their own different art styles that fit different characters in different books and it's basically a back team up issue with different members of the bad family I did like at the end where she sees um, what is it agent 36 or whatever his name is uh, whatever Dick Grayson's name is Uh, when he's, you know, when he's uh, running around as an agent of Spiral, she sees his butt and she's like, that's Dick Grayson's butt. And I thought that was actually kind of funny and interesting in light of how sexualized they've kind of made Dick Grayson more so than ever. Uh, But I, I enjoyed this. Uh, It had a nice thorough line. I didn't like the Gotham Academy stuff as much, but I appreciated that it was this kind of cool um, thematic team up book and how often do you get a team up like that where you know they team up with like you know four different characters or at least come afoul the spoiler was more of a coming afoul of but you know this kind of team up or interaction with different characters from the bat family all in one book and all with their own distinctive art styles i thought it was a great experiment i'm going to give it an eight out of ten uh next up is black widow and this is issue number 20 but i guess not the last issue or no it is the end of it is the last issue i should say um it was very interesting. Uh, written by Nathan Edmondson, our work by Phil Noto. We continued the storyline from the last issue with the flashback to uh, years ago in Havana. Um, it's hard to look at Black Widow the same way after this issue. Um, it's brutal. Like, what she does is absolutely kind of cold and insane. And either she's changed as a character, but the fact that, you know, she kills a cat, she or does she kill the cat or just punch the cat? It's not really clear but it definitely looks like she killed a cat killed her friend like man like it's it's almost unsettling like this is the issue they go out on and it's kind of throughout the series we've gotten the sense that you know she's done bad things in the past she's been trying to make up make do and and do better things with her life and then having this flashback at the very end of the book which is absolutely gut-wrenchingly brutal um It it was it was extremely unsettling, and it's hard to look at Black Widow in certain ways. Like she's been such a different character throughout different periods. Like there's been versions of Black Widow where you know the the original kind of '60s appearances. There's been you know um, the appearances with like Daredevil and more of an adventurer, and then being more of a spy. And here she's like a cold-blooded killer back in the day when she was working for the Red Room. It's it's kind of crazy, and this issue was unsettling. Very entertaining, brilliantly illustrated and really well-crafted, but really chilling. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was good, but it was just hard to read. Uh, Next up is Daredevil 17. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, The cover is strikingly simple and yet gorgeous. Um, The art in this issue is just... Amazing, uh, Somni just gets better and better, and the 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 first panel um, or the first page, I should say, it almost reminded me of kind of a Frank Miller Gene Colan ish look, especially when you look at Matt and kind of the shading on his face and this amazing battle with uh, what is his name, Icarie or Icarus? I think it's Icarie. Uh, they're having an amazing, yeah, it's Icarie, having an amazing fight, where you also flashback to what kind of led up to the fight. Um, absolutely, you know, again, thrilling and exciting. I'm wondering what's going to happen next issue. Uh, this is the second last issue. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a masterclass in Daredevil. Uh, this Daredevil run has just been absolutely breathtaking, and this issue is no exception 9 out of 10. So good. Uh, next up is a book where I'm surprised by how much I enjoy every issue Is Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, number 3. I don't know what I expected from this book, but I wasn't expecting this. It's amazing. Um, it's written by Colin Bunn, artwork by Matteo Aloli, and I think his artwork is just gorgeous. It's a great send up of the original with uh, Deadpool flavoring instead. The the spot where he is kind of the reason why the symbiote gets screwed up and messed up when it goes on to Spider Man is hilarious. Um, how he kind of assists in the final battle. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, this is. Such a a pleasant surprise. I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. Uh, I think he's been overexposed, and I think, you know, there. I I feel like he's a tough character, and here I think they strike the right balance, and it's hitting some nostalgic waves as well. And it's just it's fun and silly, but not too silly. And Bun has a really good approach to it, and uh, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. It's it's a solid week. Apparently, nothing below a seven and a half so far. Um, next up is Deathlock number 10. This was great. I don't know what happens next, if anything happens next, because it definitely looks like the book is over, uh, which is a shame because this has been just an absolute treat to read. Um, I've loved every issue of this. Um, it's a great thriller. I wish it could have had longer to kind of gestate and and, and um, you know develop its storylines. Uh, Edmondson writing it, he's just... It's so good Mike Perkins is just killed it in art um I really like the the Henry Hayes Henry Hayes character it definitely sets up a new kind of potential status quo going forward whether or not we're ever going to get to see anything of that is another question entirely great kind of cliffhanger um this is great uh, I would not want to say too much because again I think it's it, it's just a, such a solid book a nine out of ten uh every issue was just such a such a treat uh, next is Guardians team up number eight, which is a book I've been very on and off about, um, but I think that's part of partly because it is a book where you can be on and off with, um, because it's kind of done in ones. It's Ray Fox and Bengal. There's Bengal again, uh, doing the art, and I kind of dug it. It was uh, an interesting kind of team up. I don't know why Groot looked the way he did here, um, but uh, and at times it was confusing just what was happening. But uh, it was good. I don't know why Groot looks like this, but I was okay with it. It's a a weird look, but um, it was an interesting team-up and very much all about the art because there wasn't a lot of scripting here. It was kind of underscripted and more about the art doing its thing. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It wasn't the strongest read, uh, but I still liked it more than I was expecting. Uh, Next up is Manhattan Projects Some Beyond the Stars, number two. This is a solid 8 out of 10. Nick Patara and uh, Jonathan Hickman once again delivering a fantastic issue. The the details that are laden in here, it's a a great kind of heist, a weird super, not supernatural, a weird space-oriented heist romp, but uh, extremely enjoyable. Uh, Not silly, but it has its kind of sillier moments. Uh, It's got a good sense of humor to it. Uh, Again, it's kind of high adventure um, I really like the, the quirky character designs, uh, not just in the art, phys- um, like visually, but also just the character designs in terms of how the characters are written. Um, really good. Uh, next up is MODOK Assassin number three. This uh, has surprised me. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It's good. Not great, but it is a solid read. Uh, it's written by, let's see, uh, Christopher Yosh with the artwork by Amokar Pina. Um, it's silly and fun. Apparently it takes place before Secret Wars number 4. Um, it's it's outlandish. It's a lot of characters trying to kill MODOK, and MODOK's not letting them. Um, he's just so enamored with Angela. I don't know what about this needs to be before Secret Wars number 4, but maybe I'm just missing something really obvious. Um, but another entertaining issue. It's a 7. Uh, next up is S.H.I.E.L.D. number 8. This book is just... Feels like a bit of a weird misfire for me. It has so much potential, but by having the the kind of characters from the TV series, I think it kind of loses itself. Um, it definitely is interesting in terms of what they're kind of leading potentially up to with these kind of these uh, altered humans that uh, Melinda May and Mockingbird are able to kind of save um, and and eventually depower, and so that they're not a, a threat to everyone. Um, Wasn't this super fan of the art here? Um, Who wrote it? Uh, It's Paco Medina on art, and Mark Wade wrote it. It kind of missed the mark for me. I'm not really sure where it missed the mark, I just know that it did. It kind of left me a little bored, a little uninterested. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, Next up is Southern Bastards number 10, which is super disturbing, just like every issue. Um, It's by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Uh, very not safe for work at the beginning, like extremely not safe for work. Uh, it's all about Esau, and um, you know this this Bible thumper, not Bible. Thumber, well, he's a bit of a Bible thumper, but a, a guy who very much believes in the Lord, and being that he has to share the Lord's gospel uh, with Esau, who's a he, he views as a terrible sinner. So he kind of it's a day in the life of Esau. Uh, we see kind of what's going on with the fact that you know he's going to have to start running plays, and now they've lost their um, you know their strategic coordinator. No one really knows what's going to happen next. Um, Esau is just absolutely brutal to this man who just wanted to kind of save him. Uh, it's all about kind of violence and Esau and um, the, what he does to the um, you know the uh, the holy man. I'm going to call him is just disgusting, but brutal. and uh, It really makes this this place where they live just even scarier. Um, But you can also believe that people like that kind of exist, which maybe is the scarier part. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Remains a really interesting read. I only recently got caught up on all nine issues, so I'm really excited to be reading it as it's coming out now. Uh, That was Southern Bastard number 10. Uh, Next up is Star Wars, number 7. Uh, this was good. Um, I'm never really sure what to expect from Simone, Simone Bianchi. Written by Jason Aaron, though, should have, should have expected it to be great. Uh, it's more of a... <coughs> excuse me. A uh, bit of a flashback to... Uh, you know, what was going, kind of going on in the past, back when Obi-Wan was living on Tatooine. And uh, it's really enjoyable. It's kind of... Him kind of understanding who he is now, that he's kind of stuck on... Tatooine and not a Jedi anymore but at the same time still is and there's certain things he can't ignore certain things he won't allow him to forget himself to forget or let kind of slide by it's really an engaging character study uh to a version of Obi-Wan we don't usually get to see because in the movies we see him up until episode three and then next time we see him he's Alec Guinness and he's been living on Tatooine and Shadow for you know years like 20 years so it's interesting to kind of see something that kind of happens in the middle and uh you know, very enjoyable. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I'm really excited for next issue though when we have Stuart Eminem jumping aboard. Uh next up is Superman forty two. Eh, this is kinda of boring. Um you know, the official kind of reveal that, that Lois knows it's uh, that Superman is Clark Kent. Uh I just found myself kind of bored by it. It just felt very I guess I just I don't like how Lois and Clark are in the new fifty two and it just feels the opposite of what I would have preferred when it comes to them kind of having that realization. Like, their the original kind of time when it happened in the early 90s, late 80s, was, felt more organic to where they were going with the character. which here it just feels very, very um, artificial, and it feels even harder to understand why she would even do the publication to show his identity, so... I, I just found it... A, it's interesting. I'm really enjoying the Superman books like Superman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, or Batman, Superman, whatever it's actually called, and Action Comics. But the actual core Superman book, although Action Comics is a core Superman book too, but the actual book with Superman right on the title is probably my least favorite Superman book. I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. Uh, the story, again, is felt very generic. The artwork does not remain really his best. You, you got these kind of big moments happening, and I felt like he wasn't... He wasn't quite knocking it out of the park in the way that he should have, uh, or that I would have expected. And last but not least, we have Thor's Number Two, which continues the murder mystery. Um, I really, I really dig it. It's it's kind of a weird but cool book. Um, you know, Thor's at a, as a police force. Before we actually got Secret Wars Two, it was hard to. It was like, what what is this Thor's book going to be? And now that we have it, it's like, oh, that's what it's going to be. Very cool. It's written by Jason Erwin. Artwork by uh, Chris Sprouse and Goran Suzuka. um, Continuing the storyline of the uh, the Jane Foster murders, which is just a cool concept. And then the appearance of Loki at the end. Great cliffhanger. Uh, the idea that we have the kind of the Thor Odinson that we're most familiar with, the one who's not worthy, is still here. Uh, the fight with him in Ultimate Thor was cool, so um, this was very enjoyable. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. So the books I didn't get a chance to get around to this week, there's not as big a list. Uh, it's Deathstroke Annual, Flash Annual, Gotham by Midnight Annual, He Man and the Eternity War Number Eight. Uh, JLA, Gods and Monsters, Superman, Lobo Annual, Donald Duck Number Three, 1602 Witch Hunter number, Angela Number Two, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, Web Warriors Number Nine, Powers Number Four, and X-Men '92 Number Two. That's the print edition. Uh, looking forward to some of the books coming up next week on August the fifth. Uh, some of the highlights include the following: We've got the second issue of Barb Wire. I really gotta get caught up because I haven't read issue one yet. Uh, although I have it, just haven't had a chance to read it. A uh, new issue of Batmite, Batman Beyond. i got to get caught up in those two because I don't think I've read those yet. A new issue of Green Lanterns coming out. A uh, new JLA, Gods and Monsters, one shot with Wonder Woman. Uh, we've got Midnighter number three, Omega Man number three, books I have to kind of get caught up on. Uh, trade paperbacks for Superman, which is volume five, Under Fire, and Teen Titans volume one, Blinded by the Light. Uh, over at IDW, we've got um, some of the highlights include... Uh, My Little Pony, Friends Forever, number 19. The Star Trek Ongoing, number 48, etc. Uh, over at Image, we've got uh, We Stand on Guard, number 2, by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Steven Scroce. I don't know how to pronounce it, and I apologize for offending him, wherever they are. Uh, Airboy, number 3. Man, I haven't read issue 2 yet. i got to get on that. Uh, and then for Marvel next week, we've got Age of Apocalypse, number 2. Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Bows number 3. Uh, Angela Asgard's Assassin, by 1, Priceless. Uh, we've got a new issue of Bucky Barnes, Civil War tie-in, to, or Civil War number two, which is a Secret Wars book, uh, Darth Vader number eight, Future Imperfect, a new issue of Giant Size Little Marvel AVX, what a title, uh, as well as new issues of Infinity Gauntlet, Miss Marvel, uh, Red Skull, Siege, Spider Island, and Ultimate End. There's also the Venom by Rick Remender Complete Collection Volume 2, as well as the Power Man and Iron Fist Epic Collection, uh, which is called Heroes for Hire. Anyways, that's everything coming up next week. If you want to email us, you can do so at comic shenanigans at gmail.com Like us on Facebook, rate and review us to, on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes and also uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher as well. Our next episode, episode 294, will be a talk in Heraclix episode uh, with AJ Reese and I believe with Nathan Struck, but as of this uh, recording. I haven't actually recorded that part of the episode yet, so hopefully Nathan Stock will be on that episode. Uh, that'll be episode 294. Episode 296 will likely be our Fantastic Four Spotlight episode. Um, and then uh, 296, 298, we'll have some, I believe, some more conversation episodes leading up to episode 300. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this actually longer-than-normal podcast uh, for reviews because we talked about a lot more comics, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.